Play the fucking intro. Dustin and this is Eric and this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 225. 225. It sounds like a very official number. It does, right? Like there should be a, a thing, but there's not. It's just a, another episode with a bunch of cool tracks like we always play. But guess what? There is an interview on this one. Yep, there there is an interview. Not exactly a theme. It's just something that happens yes. on most of our episodes. <laughs> yes. Yep. We don't exactly do themes. We've done a, we've done holiday themes. Right. That's a, and that's about it. Yes. <laughs> well, no, there was there was a theme that I did. It was a, a the Todd Youth special episode. Okay. Yeah, the anniversary of his death, and it played all uh, something from all of his, ba- well, most of his bands that that he was in. Yeah. So, enough with the uh, thematic elements of our show. Let's. Uh, Let's uh, skip the intro. <laughs> uh, occasionally, yes, we are uh, thematic. Now, let's get into some new stuff. We have so much. The interview uh, is a blast as uh, CJ, who joined us from the band Racist Kramer, that's who we're doing the interview with, as he says numerous times, he derailed the interview. I wouldn't call it derailed the interview, but it's a little bit longer than some of the other interviews. So we're going to get yeah. right into it. We'll say he uh, jumped ahead. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to talk fast on this episode. And we're going to get right into stuff. So f- let's do the releases. Uh, I'll jump right in. On August 8th, In the Snow released Yallery Brown, which is a single. Illegal Corpse released uh, also on the 8th, Riding Another Toxic Wave. Oil, they released Unify Unity with Carl Templars and Johnny P. Bucks. On that single, because it is a single. Uh, that was on the 10th. On the 11th, Tough Ain't Enough Records put out a compilation, Chaos in Columbia. Bunch of great bands from Columbia on that one. Tatxers, Tatxers, T A T X E R S. Also, Tough Ain't Enough Records release came out on the 11th with Peruz Palu Ametz Lari. And then on the 13th, Chrome put out Scaropi. Joey Cape put out A Good Year to Forget on Fat Records. That's uh, on the 13th. Also on the 13th, Chain Cult, We're Not Alone. That's an EP. couple tracks on that one. Victory Kid put out Discernation on the 13th. Typhoid Rosie put out Queen of Swords on the 13th. Fire Sale put out the single Mercy Brown. They have... An EP coming out next month that I believe that Mercy Brown will be released on. Also on the 13th, Sprockets released Neurotic Moths. And we'll be playing Sprockets on this episode, but it was a single they released last month. Neurotic Moths is a single they released this month on the 13th. Fatal uh, released six songs. That's the name of it, and there is six songs. And they put it out on the 13th on Bunker Punk's Discs and Tapes. Uh, a band called San Pisiste, San Pisiste, San Pisiste, put out Minoria, Minoria on the 13th. Wrong, but that's a good release. I was just listening to that earlier today. Uh, they put out an older release on Bandcamp, and then they put out this one as well, and I like it. It's really good. Wrong Band put out Let's Go, which is an EP on the 14th. Street Threat put out Redemption EP which was on the 15th. Bucket put out 
Always Chasing Greener Grass on Fast Decade Records on the 15th. Attic Salt put out Get Wise on the 15th. In Evil Hour, they put out Explain Things to Me, which is a single on the 15th. Scarecrow put out 2021 promo on Punk, uh, punk Bunker Punk's Discs and Tapes. <laughs> Punker Bunks. Punker Bunks. <laughs> uh, on the 16th, uh, Analog Encryption put out Decay into Virtual Life which was a single. It's on Little Willie Records. On the 17th, To The Helpless put out their next single, As The World Di- As the world Lies Dying, I Believe in Miracles. Ingrown will be releasing on the 20th. Gun, Black Suit Youth is going to be releasing The World Is Almost Over on the 20th. Bambies is going to be releasing Summer Soon on the 20th. Settle Your Scores is putting out Retrofit on the 20th. On the 26th, we finally almost made it there. Finally almost. Uh, the Bronx mm-hmm. is putting out Bronx 6. On the 27th, Filth is Eternal is putting out Love is a Lie. Filth is Eternal. On the 27th, Teenage Bottle Rocket is putting out Sick Sesh. DFL is putting out Why Are You DFL. <laughs> On the 27th, uh, Ice Cold Killers is putting out Stories from the Grave. Chubby and the Gang is putting out The Mutt's Nuts on the 27th. And Lazy Class is putting out Dreams and Hopes. That'll be out on Contra Records also on the 27th. Eric, do you have anything you want to add before we get into playing some new music? Well, I do. I have a uh, a little uh, piggyback on Filth is Eternal. Yeah, their album is coming out, but currently right now they have a single called Pearl Slug. So that is out right now for uh, streaming. Also, Terror released a new single called Pain is Forever. Awesome. And that one's a banger. We'll be playing it in a couple episodes here. Uh, Yet the Fake Names single, uh, the self-titled single, which has three (laughs) different songs on it, is is also out. And and yeah, I'm excited for the new Filth is Eternal LP. Awesome. I can't wait for that to come out. And uh, and yeah, there was also the... uh, yeah, the new Full of Hell track, which was uh, my new pick for today, Industrial Messiah Complex. And that is a teaser for their new album coming out in October. That might what, be another full length you're looking forward to. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another full length on top of the uh, the Bronx. The Bronx. It's so close. <laughs> it is. Almost there. Yeah, almost there. I am waiting to hear the... At this point, the other half of the album. <laughs> right? Yeah, they put a single out like almost every month, it seemed like. At least four, right? There's at least four that they released. I Maybe think five. I think it's five, right. actually. Let me see. There was a... Uh, let me pull them up here. BBB Bronx. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, the Bronx. Yeah, they had the uh, first four tracks that are on the LP. You know, White Shadow, Super Bloom, Watering the Well, and Curb Feelers. And then they released one uh, a couple weeks ago. It is track number seven, Mexican Summer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that is that is five of the 11 tracks that are slated to be released on this album, Bronx 6. Well, looking so, forward to the second half, then. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I'm excited. There's a good list of albums that I am now putting together that will be on... The albums of the year. I got started on my list as well. Like uh, I went through all the stuff that I've seen released already, and I'm putting it on, trying to get organized so I don't have to do it all at the end of the year. Yeah. But I'm putting out there that Antagonizers, ATL, Kings, 
Still might be my favorite of the year so far. Just listening to that again the other day. Oh, yes. Went back, so I was like, what What did I like a lot? And I went back and I heard it again. I thought, fuck, that is really good. So uh, I'm looking forward to that Lazy Class album that's coming out later in the month as well. A lot of great stuff. The Bronx. Eric, let's get into some new music, though. Yep. Full of Hell. Tell and me more. The Industrial Messiah Complex. Yeah, these guys are uh, uh, kind of well-revered in uh, having some really unique names. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like especially in their last album, The Weeping Choir. You know, you th- it's just things that might kind of turn you on your ear and just make you think a little bit. <laughs> but it's like, oh, but they're like a noisy, grindcore, death metal-ish band. <laughs> Do they have, you think they have depth? Well, actually, they kind of do, <laughs> especially within especially within their uh, musical realm. They are a combination of grindcore and even some like a blackened sort of uh, grimy death metal, and they do have all this element of noise. They have a few EPs that are just they are just titled F O H Noise, and it's just them fucking around with the harsh noise music. <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. And on their last album they did, they actually just had uh, little interludes. And in some hardcore albums, you know, they have interludes in the middle of all this uh, pummeling, uh, heavy and fast music. And just that one's just a little bit serene to kind of uh, ease the tension a little bit. No, not these guys. They just want to keep you (laughs) on your toes and at the edge of your seat and just keep your ears grating for the entirety of their albums, which max out at about 30 minutes. So it's not that long. And the song isn't that long. (laughs) It's like a minute and a half, I think. Yes, 128. Yep, minute and a half. Industrial Messiah Complex. It sounds like it will take a minute and a half to uh, say that entire title. So... Whatever. <laughs> let's let's listen to it. Here is Full of Hell's newest song. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's basically what you get out of uh, "Full of Hell." That whole song is like a uh, it's like a perfect um, introduction to the band. So if you haven't heard "Full of Hell" before, that is what you're getting. Like you, it started off with that kind of grindy, uh, you know, snare worship death metal drum beats, and at some point, like a uh, 
the riff stays the no 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 the rhythm stays the same. The riff changes. It's got these uh riffs that you'd sooner see people uh windmilling their heads to. Just <laughs> flipping their hair around like that. My and then it's getting there. Yep. And then there's that those weird effects they have. Like if you caught on to the vocals that are just like it just sounds like it's cut now, like Yep, that was it. That was it. You don't check your uh, turntable. It is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> and then that little uh, buzzing in the very end that sounds like your speakers are about to short out. And then it just uh, goes into that feedback loop. It's really crazy. And then the end has a nice little breakdown. So yeah, it's equal parts grindcore, hardcore, death metal, black metal, and noise. And some other weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Full of hell. And just under a minute and a half, that's what you're getting. You got all of that. So these guys know how to make it flow. So yeah, needless to say, I'm excited for the rest of the album to come out, which will be October 1st. That's a way to start off the uh, season of the dead. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also the title of that album will be Garden of Burning Apparitions. Again with the names. <laughs> They're so weird. Burning Apparitions like it just reminds me of Ghost Rider. Okay, yeah. It's like a living dead or, you know, a living ghost that it's just made of flames, you know? Right. God, that's like a... feels like it comes out of a weird anime. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, a, that's enough of Full of Hell. I talked longer than the song's length. So, uh, what have you got for us, Dustin? I got Face to Face, and we're going to get into it. We got a lot of stuff, got a great interview. So, let's get into some Face to Face uh, they're putting out a new album called No Way Out But Through, and they're putting that out September 10th, so it's coming here in a few weeks. This single is already out to be heard, but go check out the rest, especially as they are going to release it or on its release date of September 10th. Yeah. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Face to Face, you must have never went to a Warp Tour. <laughs> <laughs> you must have never skated. Right? <laughs> uh, just saw them here, what, like two years ago. It was awesome. Yeah, they opened up for uh, Floggy Molly, didn't they? That one, and then they headlined one over at Urban Lounge, so yes. Oh, they did? Yes, they did. Yes. I forgot that they did that. Pro- I forgot because I didn't go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I saw the, yeah, I saw, I think the first time I saw them was at the, uh, was at the Depot back in 2013. It was okay. a long time ago, but it was still a, yeah, it was still a pretty decent show. First time I saw them, you were probably, uh, well, you hadn't made it to elementary school yet. <laughs> I was probably still lumbering around on my little stubby legs. <laughs> right. Uh, they formed as a band in 1991. I definitely saw them at a couple of those warp tours in the 90s. Uh, ah, the they, golden years. <laughs> right? They've been around for 30 years, so congratulations to them. 30 years as a band. They put out No Way Out But Through... Let's listen to that title track, No Way Out But Through.
So what did you think of the new face-to-face? Had you heard it yet? No, I haven't heard it yet. Face-to-face is kind of off my radar. The, uh... And yeah, this did sound like face to face. Feels like the uh, feels like the passion is there, and and yeah, there was a bit of a they had a bit of a weird lull. Like they released a few uh, really good albums in the '90s, <clears throat> and then yes. for a long time nothing happened. <laughs> they were right. just like, and then they put out the uh, uh, three chords and a half, which uh, I'm sorry was just a dog shit record. <laughs> Like, it was boring. It didn't feel like the passion or the push was behind it. It was just, it was just lame. And they did get a bit of a, they did get a bit of a comeback in uh, uh, Protection. Which I, yeah, honestly, it was a much better record than the previous one. A low bar. But, (laughs) but yeah, it was much better. It felt like they had more drive. Also, Bill Stevenson produced it. Oh boy, we're gonna be getting into Bill Stevenson a lot in this episode. Yeah. Just wait for that interview. Yeah, he produced it. He knew how to harness the sound. He knew what it was going for. He brought the best out of him. And there are a few really good songs on there, like "Bent but Not Broken." I really right. love that one. And uh, oh, and also "Fourteen Fifty Nine." But yeah, this one it still sounds it sounds very much like Protection. It sounds like they're getting back to their uh, uh, they're getting back and going through with their style and. The drive is still there. Right. So there we go. Face to face is not burned out. Thank you. <laughs> They're not. 30 years in and still doing it. Good stuff. Be on the lookout for it. Again, comes out September 10th. Next up, we're going to play the band Sprockets. I want to thank Brody reaching out, putting his band on our radar. We can check it out. They have several other tracks to go listen to, as I said at the top of the show. Uh, Neurotic Moths just came out, I believe it was on the 13th, just a few days ago. But I was already set to play this one, uh, which is Destruction's Portrait, and it came out July 23rd. So still new, less than a month old. Uh, Go check them out. You can find them. I found them on iTunes. I don't think you can find them on Bandcamp, but go check them out there. As you'll hear in the interview, according to CJ, great place to go support the band's (laughs) iTunes. We still still, uh, first go to Bandcamp, but when you can't find there... Uh, I'm all right with going to iTunes. Yeah, because you get pennies on the dollar for Spotify streams. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say pennies? I meant penny. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> pennies on the hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's check the band out. Sprockets is out of Las Vegas. Thank you again to Brody. Let's check out that single Destructions Portrait. Here we go. Empty house of faith. Lost along the way Maybe I will change Records on the shelf Bottles by themselves No, I hate to waste Lyrics of the wrong Lights are sparking my
that is Sprockets. Again, that single was called Destruction's Portrait. And that was a very 90s-sounding pop punk. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, cool stuff there. Again, they're out of Vegas. I want to thank Brody again for sharing Sprockets with us. Go check out Destruction's Portrait. Go check out Neurotic Moths and all the other tracks that you will find. Go to iTunes, best place to go. We'll tell you the social medias, but you're going to have to wait till the end of the show. Eric, let's get into some older, lesser known. What do you have? Oh, I definitely got a lesser known one. This is Agreed. a <laughs> yep. This is a band from, uh, from Los Angeles, from the glorious Los Angeles hardcore scene called Zulu. Zulu. It's actually named after a... Uh, a tribe based out of South Africa, the Zulu Nation. Right. Yep. So, <clears throat> so yeah. And Zulu, the band, is, I think the best way to describe them is the hardcore soundtrack to Black Lives Matter. Okay. Because that is the, uh, that's pretty much all their output. They only have uh, two EPs, which are very solid EPs. You know, you can listen to them in about 15 minutes. <laughs> their songs, some of them are really short. And, yeah, they're spliced in between uh, uh, some, uh, let's see, some recordings of of people saying uh, the struggles of black lives related to police brutality and the racism that still exists in this world and how they live a life where they got to be constantly looking over their shoulders or where they feel that they have to. And that's pretty much the lyrical... Uh, the lyrical prowess of pretty much most of their songs, including uh, today's pick that I chose. It's from their album, or shouldn't say their album, their EP, Our Day Will Come. And it's the one, 52 Fatal Strikes. And yeah, this is basically, uh, the singer and the lyrics are uh, portraying what it feels like to be a person of color and to have been pulled over and harassed by the police. <laughs> Like the, like saying in the lyrics right here, the ones that open it up, it says two in the front, two in the back. I'm getting jacked. They, they say they seen a gat, you know, a gun. I've done nothing. I just exist, but you win. I know you want to kill me. So stuff like that <laughs> it goes, it goes pretty deep into that, uh, into that mindset. Just kind of, just kind of the life that they, that they have to live. And and yeah, there's really nothing more to say. There's really nothing more to say. It's just good that people are still like uh, taking using punk rock and hardcore to take a stance on something. You know the let's see the was the protests. Uh, the the protests are still the same, but the subject it differs throughout generations. And this is the this is the current thing that a lot of people are still fighting against. So. With that, we have Zulu putting their putting the sounds of protest into hardcore music. It's some crazy shit. Let's give it a listen.
So that's basically what Zulu is, and and yeah, like I said, they are heavily influenced by the injustices raised towards uh, uh towards colored people, and and yeah, just the world in which we live based on on that. As I said, there are uh, two EPs that they have, including the uh, yeah one hour day will come, and the the one that came out last year. Which was called, which or which is called, my people hold on. So yeah, they're very yeah. That's one of the nice things about hardcore bands; they're incredibly straightforward. Also, a funny weird fact: they were here just a couple days ago. The band was really yeah. The band was Zulu and uh, oh, what was the other band they were in? It was a uh, or yeah, Scowl. Yeah, Zulu and Scal. They played at the Beehive just a couple nights ago. Unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that there was a show going on there. I didn't see any flyers, any announcements. I just heard about it from my friend who was who was there. Wow. Just, I'm like, oh, well, goddamn, okay. He was the <laughs> one who told me to keep to check out Scowl and Zulu, and I checked out Zulu, and now they are here. So, so yeah. And apparently, they are a riot live. Awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, if they're uh, coming through to your town, I don't know which towns they are going to, but most likely on the western half of the United States. So, I don't know. Keep a, Just check your local listings, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. So, and, and I'm bummed out because I would have loved to have heard and seen this live, but... Oh, well, spilt milk. Hopefully, they'll be back soon. Hopefully. Well, next, we're going to play a band called Senseless. They're from Stoke-on-Trent, over there in the UK. And they formed originally in 2000. And they released their first album in 2003, which was called One for the Road, uh, on City Rat Records, which I believe was out of Germany. The band then disbanded. In 2005, so they had a five-year stint there, but then reformed in 2010, recorded three songs, and then they played a lot of live stuff since, uh, live shows and so forth. Uh, this particular track that we're going to listen to is called My Friend. They originally did it on a compilation back in 2001, but they have remastered uh, some of their tracks, and on August 3rd, 
They put out an EP, self-titled EP called Senseless. You can get it in the UK. You can also get it here in the US uh, on CD from 8UP Records. I actually got a copy of it, ordered a handful of stuff from 8UP Records. They're doing a bunch of uh, great compilations, funding uh, a family in Jamaica. Go check out 8UP Records. Uh, I bought a bunch of those to help with that. And then I'm actually, when I go to Punk Rock Bowling next month, Hand them out to people. So anybody, if you're interested in some 8UP Records CDs, including this one here, come see me then. Senseless is the EP. The track is called My Friend. We're going to get into that track right now. Uh, really excited. I like it. Band reached out. Super glad they did. I really like their music. Went. Uh, they sent me some tracks. Went and got the EP because uh, I want to support the band. And then also, as you heard, I got the CD so I can support the band, but also give it to somebody else, pay it yeah. forward. So here we go. Here is my friend from the band Senseless. <laughs> Just like that. Well, <laughs> they, uh, yep. Yeah. They got, got in, got in to and work. said what they needed. <laughs> right? Got it in, got to work. I really like it. Uh, other tracks are really great. Uh, a lot of the other tracks are longer than one minute and 14 seconds as well. So go check out the other ones. I just really like that one. They had a video for it. It was the first track that I heard from the band. And I, I think you, you'll enjoy it. Go check out that EP. If you're here in the U.S., get it from 8UP Records. If you're in the U.K., reach out to the band. We'll get to the social medias at the end of the show. Eric, let's play some one last cartoon track. So we've, last yeah. few episodes, we've been playing uh, some Punk Rock Factory. They put out Masters of the Universe. Uh, I went and listened to some of their other albums. They just had one that they put out back in like December, so... Uh, pretty regular releases. They had some fun ones on there, too. On this particular one, for the last one, I picked a track that I really enjoyed, and I had no idea what it went to. Round the Twist. Like, I, I was like, what the fuck is Round the Twist? I've never even heard of this. <laughs> but I really like what they did. We'll hear it in just a second. I looked it up. Uh, Round the Twist is an Australian children's comedy TV show that follows the supernatural adventures of the Twist family. There's four series total, and in uh, British, Australian, so forth, they call their seasons, as we do here in the U.S., series. So four seasons, four series. Right. They One was in 1990, one was in 92, one was in 2000, and one was in 2001. A little bit of a gap, but nonetheless, this is where that track comes from. It's based out of Australia. 
One reason why I've never heard of it. Uh, it came out again, Masters of the Universe, which only came out a few weeks ago, July 30th. You should get out there, check it out. On episode 224, I talked about their tour that they're doing in the UK, several places they're going to go hit. Go look up their social medias or listen to the last episode. We are going to get into that track. Here is Round the Twist. Have you ever, ever felt like this? Have strange things happened? Are you going round the twist? Have you ever, ever felt like this? Have strange things happened? Are you going round the twist? So it's a show I've never seen, but I enjoyed it, and I figured I'm going to play one I don't know, and I like that one. So that's what I picked. There was like 22, 24 tracks, something like that, on Masters of the Universe, plus they have other stuff. Get out there, check out Punk Rock Factory. Eric, what would you think of Round the Twist? Round the Twist? Although I have no frame of reference (laughs) of the... uh, Of the original? Yeah, yeah, of the original jingle or, uh, you know, intro music. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's all right? like, yeah, it was fun, you know. Going round the twist, right? <laughs> a, yeah, like any good, uh, like any good uh, cartoon intro. It's got to be catchy. It's got to get you hyped up. It's got to get you excited for the show. It's like, yeah, what are we gonna get into? And now this one, yeah, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> so, yeah, bit of a bit of a red herring to kind of end the end cap of this our little uh series of series <laughs> yes of our uh, coverage on this album well if i'm going to just suggest before we move on that if they do 20 years since the last season so series 5 20 years later they update the theme song with what punk rock factory did cuz they did a great job <laughs> Yes, they did. <laughs> All right, Eric, we're going to do some great cover-to-cover albums, but before we do that, let's talk about some live shows and such. Have you seen any in the last week? I did not. I have not. Like, uh, 
like I said, some of them were happening unbeknownst to my knowledge. Fair <laughs> enough. So we don't have anything to talk about there specifically, but you have some shows to plug, and I've got one and uh, an info spot. I don't want to call it a commercial, but an info spot. And I'll talk about that. You go first. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, anyway, we, uh, we have one that's coming up on the uh, 21st of August at none other than Wild Pepper Pizza. Yep. We, we are finally having shows there again. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, this will be, uh, this will be an all ages show and it's a uh, donation based. So just bring whatever pocket change you have and put it in the, put it in the jar, man. And, uh, and yeah, this, it's mostly, uh, mostly local bands. We have public disorder. We have Marine Corps. We have total serial and we have ribbons and they are all opening up from a band from Missoula, Montana, called Poverty Porn. Yeah, Poverty Porn. That's a, uh, it's a bit of a weird name, but it's got a pretty, <laughs> it's got a cool definition. Like, Poverty Porn, it's a it's a phrase, kind of a slang used when, uh, when you see those, uh, when you see those ads, those ASPCA ads, where it's like, uh, Showing all these uh, poor, disheveled dogs in these uh, in these shelters, and it's like, look how sad they are. They need a home, and also the same thing when you, you're like, there are starving kids in Africa. This is what they look like. It's really to just play on the uh, on the pathos, right? And uh, you know, get people to donate, despite the fact that most of those donation companies keep ninety percent of the money. But that's a different story. That's what. That's really what poverty porn is. It's like uh, showing showing you a small percentage of a of a country or a whole continent where it's like uh, showing all these uh, all these disheveled, poverty stricken people. When really, for the most part, life is pretty normal there. Awesome, <laughs> you know. It's playing on our uh, yeah, just playing on our ignorance, you know. So. Yeah, the fact that they named a band that is fucking rad. Awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, August 21st, which is a Saturday. You know, that seems to be the nights most people are free, unless you're a bartender <laughs> or a waitress or, or I don't know, any uh, anything in the food industry, really. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, or entertainment, uh, for that matter, right? Yeah. Or enter- people want to be entertained on a Saturday night. Yeah, God, if you're in a band, then... Uh, you're definitely going to be working on a Saturday. <laughs> Hopefully you're working at the show that I am telling you to attend. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Poverty porn, going to be a fun one. And I do not know who Ribbons is. So, yeah, they don't have any uh, social media, anything. So I assume they are relatively new. Okay. Yeah, Total Serial is a lot of fun. Marine Corps, they are a pretty new band as well. All the little kids making little bands. And Public Disorder, they are our... Provo stalwarts in the hardcore scene now. They're really good. Awesome. Anyway, that's uh, that's the all the show I have for you guys. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to talk about a show that's coming to Virginia. It looks like it is near Hampton, Virginia, uh, based on the information I have here. So Mike from Sergeant Skag, any people who listen to us regularly, we had... Uh, Sergeant Skag, a couple guys there, including Mike, and a, a couple from the band Hans Gruber and the Diehards when they did a split. It was a fantastic interview. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that when it was a blast. But yeah. Mike is 
working on a, a, a Kickstarter for Supernova's International Ska Fest. So they don't need a Kickstarter. The festival's set. It's actual live tickets. I'm not even telling you to go to the show because the live tickets to be there are already sold out. What they're trying to do, though, is to get a professional multicam live stream for everybody else that could, can't be there. And uh, the, so what the, the Kickstarter is doing is trying to fund Mike and his crew to get there with four to six cameras and a great sounding mix. And uh, we may end up with two tickets for the live stream to give away. Uh, I'll be playing this and talking about it uh, probably on the next few episodes because it doesn't come up until September 17th, 18th, and 19th. That's when it will be happening. Uh, bands like Hepcat, the Slackers, Pie Tasters, the Toasters, Hub City Stompers, Scottalites, the Slackers, Buck 09, uh, Bim Scalabim, Mustard Plug, Mephiscophiles, and there's so many other bands, a whole bunch, Half Past Two, Monkey, so many bands that we've played on this show and over on Punkanoi Worldwide. A lot of great bands on those three days. Uh, so really awesome thing that we have going on here. There, there will be a Kickstarter. I'll post it over on our social media as well. But just go look up Supernova International Ska Fest or go to the website supernovaska.com and the live stream is there. And I haven't looked at the details specifically yet, but it looks like for that by helping do that, you're essentially paying for your tickets, uh, live stream tickets, right? So to get yeah. the best quality that we can get there, uh, Supernova International Ska Fest. You don't even have to travel to Virginia to participate and to see what's going on. But to get the best that we can get, let's help out. Here is the info spot from Mike. So almost like a commercial, but not really. Here we go. The Supernova International Ska Fest is sold out, but that isn't the only way you can see the show. We're going to multicam live stream over 30 hours of ska. Watch it from anywhere in the world on the Mandolin streaming platform. It's going to look and sound like you were there. September 17th through the 19th, 30 hours of ska for 40 bands. The Toasters, Mustard Plug, Chris Murray, Bim Scala Bim, Matamoska, Buck 09, The Slackers, The Pie Tasters, Hepcat, and many more. Buy your tickets now on our Kickstarter for only 17 bucks, a 50% discount, and no 15% platform fees. That's less than six bucks per night. Once the Kickstarter is done, the price goes up to $34. So get your tickets today. Log on to www.supernovasca.com or click the link in this post. Buy your tickets now. We want to see how many people love some SKA. All right, so I will include links and such as well. Uh, get on to that Kickstarter. As it said, uh, as he said in the Kickstarter, that half price. So you have until you have 15 days to go from today. So that's beginning of September. Looks like it's going to end on September 2nd. Uh, they've already reached their goal, so it's going to happen. So now you just need to get there if you want to check it out. Uh, 17 bucks, three days is less than six dollars a day, and so many cool bands that you get to see. So, uh, get it, check it out. I'll be talking about it more. And if we do get some tickets that we can give out, we'll figure out a cool way to do it and give you some tickets. And again, it's for the live stream, not for the live show. That is already sold out, it's come and gone. <laughs> that is in Hampton, Virginia. 
Not that you can get tickets and go. I mean, you could probably get tickets somewhere or another, but not it's sold out. So go check it out, Supernova Ska Festival, and go check out Kickstarter page for it. We'll be playing it again on all the episodes leading up to September 2nd. So it's probably another two episodes, uh, most likely. So check it out. And Eric, let's do some great cover-to-cover albums. What do you have? Well, I have a pretty deep cut. This is a band called Inside Out. Inside Out, they were a band that started in the in the late 80s, went to uh only exi- only went around for a couple years, only released one EP, and this is the EP that I am talking about. <laughs> it's called No Spiritual Surrender, and it is a great EP, I tell you. And uh, and yeah, there is a bit of a fun history to this band. But before I do that, I want to talk about the initial song that I chose, the uh, "By a Thread," <clears throat> and I have the lyrics pulled up here because yeah, you listen to uh, a song like this, and it is something that uh, really came out of the youth crew culture, which is what this band was a part of back in the day. And the youth crew culture, it was the I talked a bit about it on the uh, when I covered the Gorilla Biscuits album, Start Today, in that it was like a straight-edge movement that was uh, also nicknamed Posicore. You know, positive, hardcore, you know, uplifting, just kind of telling you... Kind of telling you that life isn't as bad as it seems, though we do like to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's a... <clears throat> And that's what uh, Inside Out kind of went to. It did get into like some uh, some dark um, some dark areas, but in the end, it's telling you to come out on top. And this is where the song "By a Thread" comes in. It's talking by it's talking on something like this: holding on for my life, hanging on by a thread. Because if I don't try, I'm gonna fall into the hatred of this world. And if I don't try, I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna fall. <laughs> So yeah, stuff like that, it's uh, telling you to just rise above the uh, negativity, which is often uh, lost in translation in hardcore music. Because hardcore music, it sounds angry, it must be angry. Well, no, not all the time. <laughs> no, we're still <laughs> holding out for a better deal. We just are angrily telling you what exactly is wrong, and we are just being incredibly straightforward and aggressive in what we think should be the solution. Right. You see? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's about as uh, traditional hardcore as you uh, get, on, get on this one, and bands have been singing about it in the past, and bands have been singing, will continue to sing about it in the future. We're still singing about it right now. And there is a bit of a fun fact about this band, but I want to I want you guys, if you haven't heard of Inside Out, if you haven't listened to them, just try and see if you can pinpoint who the singer is. I guarantee you you won't get it if you don't know it. So listen to this song by a thread. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. For those of you that haven't guessed, here is one more hint. Before the band eventually uh, split up in, what was it, 1991? I think so. Yeah. 1991, they came back a little bit in 93, but the initial breakup was in 91. And this was before they were going to release a second EP. They were planning on releasing it. And do you know what it was going to be called? It was going to be called Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know who the singer is now? (laughs) Yes, it was Zach De La Roca. That was his band way... Uh, not way before, but bef- prior to joining or really forming Rage Against the Machine. Awesome. So yeah, he was uh, cutting his teeth in the hardcore, in the hardcore scene before he became the the man that we all know and love today. So yeah, bit of a bit of a weird backstory with Inside Out. Uh, also, some uh, other deep cuts there. Uh, they do share some members who went on to play in the Krishna hardcore bands like uh, 108 and Shelter, and also eventually Burn. One uh, Vic Dicata, their uh, their guitarist, he was the one who, uh, after the demise of Inside Out, joined 108 and also Shelter, and uh, played a little bit right there, and became a uh, and became a devout Krishna monk as well. And also Alex Barreto, their bassist, he went on to be in the band Chain of Strength. So that was a that's another fun one. So okay. yeah, bit of a star-studded cast in Inside Out. And yeah, Zach De La Roca, pretty crazy to hear how his voice sounded back in the day. But you can hear it more in Rage Against the Machine, how he's got more of this hardcore yelling type approach. He's not just he's just doing it in the veil of uh you know rapping. Right. So it's like hardcore and rap put together. That's why I, I accumulate uh Rage Against the Machine closer to a hardcore band as opposed to a metal band. Okay. So yeah. And now I have more of a <laughs> I have more of a reason to say that. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, Inside Out, they are a great band and let's get to the next song on the list. This is the title track of the EP. For those of you that can't remember, it's No Spiritual Surrender. <laughs> and No Spiritual Surrender, uh, keeping in the same vein as, uh, you know, getting mad but trying to find a positive aspect and staying true to yourself, quite literally is translated in this song, No Spiritual Surrender. You know, you're not bowing down to anyone. And uh, a lyric that comes uh, that really stuck out to me is like, you're just trying to make me another grain in the sand. You know? another Or not another grain, another pebble. In the sand. So it's like you're really not that much different, at least not at first glance, from everything else surrounding you. So that's really what no spiritual surrender is. Your identity is not what you look like. It's who you are. It is what your spirit entails. It's really what you are doing. It's your personality. And that's what it's saying. Don't have uh, anybody rape you of your identity. Just stay true to yourself. That's what no spiritual surrender is. And let's listen to it. Maybe we can get motivated in that sense.
You know, the funny thing is they listed Led Zeppelin as one of their initial influences. And you definitely hear it in this song. The little uh the little segments where the guitar noises are just kind of breathing. It sounds a lot like the middle part of Dazed and Confused. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh. Well, I was kind of on the money on that one <laughs> when I first heard it. And I was looking up the band and they said, yeah, we really loved Led Zeppelin and, along with all these other bands, like including Bad Brains and Youth of Today and whatnot. I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> Weird red herring throw in there, but all right. Sweet. So yeah, there we are. Inside Out, the album, the one EP to their name, No Spiritual Surrender. Yep. Zach De La Roca did have a musical life before Rage Against the Machine. So <laughs> if you like that, if you are not a fan of Rage Against the Machine, but you like what you heard, give this uh, even more of a listen. There are a few more songs on that EP to check out. And if you like that EP, listen to it again. Because <laughs> they don't really have much else. <laughs> right. So yeah. And now onward, we have... A very special interview. We do. We did an interview with CJ Coop of Racist Kramer. We're going to get to that interview here in a moment. Uh, as you've probably heard on previous episodes, we talked about their release of their new album, which is called In Redemption. It came out on July 24th. Uh, really awesome. It's a great album. The artwork, the color scheme that goes with the purple vinyl, all of those things. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff in the interview, so I'm going to let the interview do most of the talking uh, Eric and I each picked a track. CJ picked a track. Uh, we are going to play our tracks first. You'll hear the interview, and CJ will talk about the tracks that we picked a little more in depth, plus the one he picked. I chose to play that one after the interview, and you'll know why when the time comes. But first, the track I picked was Radio Destructo. I thought the theme, like uh, he'll point out in the interview, it was fun. And just the concept, it's karma, you know, shit that if you were uh, late 90s, mostly early 2000s, basically, and on the internet, and we all ruined the music industry, basically, for uh, any bands that were to come, you know, made it definitely yeah. a lot more difficult. <laughs> and it's uh, it's funny, but true, and at the same time, uh, just did a great, uh, great overall, you know, everything with the song. Uh, sounds great. Talk a, a, quite a bit more in depth about this track and Eric's, but we'll play mine. Eric will tell you about his, and then we'll do the interview. So let's get into it. Here is Radio Destructo. The band is Racist Kramer. Cause we killed the radio 
Radio Destructo, Racist Kramer. Eric, tell us about your track. Uh, the Angrier Days. I like this one because of how, uh, really, in the in the scope of the entire album, it has a lot of that. It sounds a lot like what we just listened to, you know? Really, really fast and uppity and a bit more uh, positive. Angrier Days had a bit of a, uh, had some grit to it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what that's what made it stand out to me. I'm like, okay, this is kind of living up to its title. It's not super angry, aggressive, but it's still got that. Uh, excuse me, it's still got that a bit of that feeling behind it. Okay, <laughs> so I, agree, I agree. Yeah, so kind of a weird uh, contrast between the, uh, the the initial music and the uh, and the lyrics and the you know and the setting behind them, but. That's what made it such an interesting track, really. <laughs> so yeah, Angrier Days, that was the standout for me on this uh, uh, on this otherwise incredibly melodic. I mean, you heard the auto-tune in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> borderline pop punk skate punk record. There you go. Well, we're going to play Angrier Days, and as soon as it's over, we are going to be in the interviews. So we'll see you on the other side. Y'all. Vocalist slash guitarist CJ Coop. Hey, yep, here he is. 
I do my own sound effects, by the way. You guys. <laughs> CJ Let's go Let's go I can't stand that That Let's go Every fucking Five minutes out of Everyone's mouth I've heard that right And I've always wondered Where Let's go where You're you're really excited Because you're doing good Or on a a roll Or whatever Let's go But let's Let's, go where Let's go You better be starting A Blink-182 song If you're going to say Let's go Right Let's start it. Let's go. Or, let's or go. a remote yeah, song. Yeah, I love that hey, album. Ho. <laughs> let's go. go. Hey, ho. Let's go. Right? All right. To the punk rock show. Let's go. <laughs> See, that's the where. Let's go. When other people are doing it, I don't get where the where is. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 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 It's Wednesday. Anyway. Wednesday, Wednesday. How's it going, you guys? See, I told you I would derail the whole show if we did Right? If I co-hosted. I'm halfway through the introduction here. I turned this here. into a morning show real fast. Anyway, uh, CJ Coop, he's also the producer of this new album that oh. just came out. Right? Yeah. Hey. Production. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Producer in the house. <laughs> the new album in question is In Redemption. The newest that just came out on the more well-known Pie and Beer Day, mm. which was the 24th of July. So not too long ago. And, and it's it, a pretty solid one. And it was delicious. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, so much pie, so much beer. It was celebratory. Not for the whatever it is that <laughs> that thing is uh, celebrated for, but for now we celebrate the release of the new album of Racist Kramer. Yep, we're sharing our album's birthday with Utah. Excellent, right? <laughs> right? Or yes, whatever Utah's with birthday. Utah yeah. or something, or the birthday of the oldest pioneer. Like we're Something not like gonna. The day the state became a state. The day the Mormons got legitimized. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because right. back then that's who it was. Okay, yes. you're gonna have your own state now. <laughs> okay, I got one question, and I just want to get this out of the way. Uh huh. Your bass player doesn't happen to have a stage name called Bassist Kramer, does he? Bassist Kramer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All that's, right. That's a band we're uh, we're. We're, that's a brand we're building on the side you know, to coexist. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have merch that's totally rethemed to Bassist Kramer. All right, and unbelievable bassist too, by the way, James Peterson, phenomenal bassist, an all-around guy. But yeah, Bassist Kramer, pretty funny. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just hit them. I hit him with that at a show once. Is that like I didn't? I wasn't telling anybody. I think I may have just come up with it right on the spot too. Obviously, it's just a pun, but. Right. <laughs> Bassist Kramer, everyone. <laughs> Pretty funny. He rips, though. He's prevalent all over this record, too. He's a ripper. Oh, yeah, I've heard. I guess yeah. uh, virtuoso, it sounds like. He's the missing shiftlet, brother. You know, oh, face yeah. Face to face. Foo Fighters, the shiftlets. But... All right. Nice. Praise the shiftlets. <laughs> so, the album just came out. How long have you been writing it? Oh, there's songs on there that span... Uh, ten years ago, Anchors is like one of those songs that's way deep in our discog, but never really got properly put down. Okay, but other, I would say the ch- the majority of it was fresh, like within the last year. The pandemic probably was when we. Uh, I'm trying to think. Fairly, it's all fairly pretty new. I mean, we we all write collectively. Um, you know, with, with our drummer's influence, our drummer has very, uh, specific style 
that everything needs to kind of fit down that that avenue of his style. And so collectively, we all write in our corners at home, but then kind of bring it and build it together, you know, mm-hmm. like, just like building a home or whatever. Yeah. You got a different crew coming in to do different things. So, But I would say the majority of the music was, I mean, production-wise, everything was done from the course of early engineering happened right when everything got shut down. We weren't going to be able to play anymore. Uh-huh. So that's when I was like, okay, I got to pivot because tours out the window. We had a tour booked and uh, we just started doing these stupid videos. I don't know if you guys saw those. I don't think you saw videos. some early on. I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, I got to pivot, so I got to figure out how to record music. So and I had I had done recording, but it was never like, okay, I'm gonna you know put everything and try to go for it and, right. and really like get a good record down. And so early engineering started and. That's when the songs all kind of came together, mm-hmm. and uh, we got a badass new space. I don't know if you guys have heard of Space and Faders. No. It's a new uh, kind of practice studio that's available. It's just like 10 times better, or hundreds of times better than any rehearsal space we've ever been able to <laughs> to have, and so that was sort of like a fresh start and a new new energy in that building that was just like, we were able to tap into, and it was almost like a a maturity that came about us where it's like, yeah, we, we don't just want to be this fucking local band or this boys club, really. You know, <laughs> we're we're old friends and we get along so great that it was so wonderful to kind of take it to the next level and get in a studio. And I, I think I did a pretty good job of separating, like, the different hats I had to wear. Like, I had to wear the producer hat but then be the guitar player and be the vocalist yeah. and keep that all very separated. And we grew so so uh, so much closer together through the course of the whole pandemic, mm. with the exception of our guitar player Grayson, who uh, I mean we all grew together personally, but he was kind of isolated because he had some health scares, and and so him being on kind of the bench had its uh, its drawbacks, but at the same time he was recording from home. So he also opened that door into like a, a new avenue of of his musical passion and he was able to piece together all of his parts the way he wanted them, engineer his tone the way he wanted it. And all I had to do was just bring everything in and, and just mix it. And so that was just a godsend, cool. you know, to sort of have. And, you know, because without it, we would have just been screwed. We wouldn't have been able to practice or go into a studio, you know, because he would have had to be on his own. Right. And so him being able to do it from like a satellite p- position was was wonderful. And with today's technology, like the the cloud sharing that we were able to uh, to utilize, keeping everything kind of in a folder that we were all able to access and and draw into and also pull from. So we put demos in there, and then we we'd send each other workings. The you know I, the last track on the record, James, he sent me this track, and he at one point was sending me so much stuff that I was like fuck, I can't go through this all. But then, I, but then it got into, like, okay, we need more songs to record. I picked this, this like, this little demo out that he had, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is like, almost like a finish the race type feel. You know those movies from the 90s where you know, you know the race at the end is, like, the hero will win, and then yeah. that music that right. plays, those themes kind of exist in Tontine, that, that last song on the track yeah. before the, the secret track is in a... Secret track, but, but a punk, tr- thought, a punk cover about, of Chariots of Fire. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, no shit, right? God, we're going to get sued. <laughs> we're going to get sued. Well, so anyway, yeah, it was it was a great experience that, that spanned the the course of... I mean, the first the first song went down in October, and then we were done tracking in May, and very few arguments, uh, closer friendships now than ever. Cool. I had a panic attack once, but that was it. That was towards the end. But <laughs> Some of those songs were in the 11th hour. I mean, Radio Destructo, like you said, that was the last song that we wrote for the record, and I was pushing that from one of... You know those, you know those, the yeah. uh, the tapping over the like no effects beat. I had a uh, the, this guitar player who I look up to, Charlie Paulson from Goldfinger. Uh, I I sent him the record. and Was like, we're not worthy. Please check this out, though. You know, you're, you're the only, I didn't send it to fucking anyone else. Like trying to get like an attaboy, but with him and I kind of uh, pen pals, you know, over Instagram and shit. I'm basically just asking him about gear all the time. I was like, dude, I did this over the pandemic. Let me know what you think. And he writes back, I think you might be the only guitar player, and this is Grayson, but he's just like, you might be the only guitar players that have tapped over the no effects beat. And I was like, I don't I don't know about that, but thanks for the feedback. You know? <laughs> but it's like, I got that demo from, from Grayson, him doing that, and I was just like, yeah, we have to do that in, in this song at some point. And then I was also sort of like, we got to have a little more ska to tie Simone into the record. So I was like, if we could do some upbeat sort of chickity-chas, chickity-chas, and, and uh, bassist Kramer, James, kind of pushed back on that song, but honestly, <laughs> uh, we got him in the end because he was like, we got to do the roo-doot-doot-doos in the end, you know, the, the homage to uh, fucking Ed, uh, Ed Helms, you know, from The Office. Right. Oh, yeah. We had we had so much fucking fun making this record, you guys. Like, make a fucking record with your friends, or or have a podcast like this. You know, I have a podcast with my best friend Brom. It's do what you fucking love. If you're out there in the fucking universe right now, hearing my voice, stop the car, pull over, text the friend that you're isolate. You're you're not texting and you need to get going on a passion project with your buddies because it'll just fucking make your life so much more meaningful you know I've had, I've had so many people hit me up from this record just like it sounds awesome it's great way to go and it's like pe- people i haven't heard from for a long time and it's it's just been fucking awesome a couple months a month or a couple weeks i guess yeah it's only been a couple weeks i know right sorry i told you i would fucking derail this whole this whole <laughs> podcast i will just motor mouth bro i'm like a neighbor that hasn't seen you for a while right so, hey i haven't seen you for a while guys <laughs> hey you haven't speaking of that it was December 4th of 2018, when we put that episode out, you and I, Chris, didn't make it back then, and we did a whole bunch of covers, talking about covers, and we did that episode, so if anybody wants to go check out that episode, we did a bunch of great punk bands doing yeah. cool covers. We need to do round two, right? because we were going to do that. Yes. Do that. And we do it. <laughs> I'm glad you found Eric to keep this going. Right. I'm fucking kind of dumbfounded that it was going, because I, I wasn't aware of it. I thought I had subscribed <laughs> Which you need to like and subscribe, right? Right, dude. If you're out there, like and subscribe. I'll be. I'll make sure I fucking start listening in more because I, I think you guys are fucking awesome. I think you guys are hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> and I love punk rock, so right. Play some tunes, bro. Exactly. We will have to come back, and because of that, let's talk why uh, to do the part two. So in December, you planning on doing 
why you know what we talked about then back in December of 2018 you had Friendsmas so That's right. you planning on Friendsmas uh yeah. December 2021 yes we're raging back with Friendsmas 2021 uh December 12th fuck I should have got the date <laughs> well, I should have got the date just well, know it's going to be December, it's December in Salt Lake it's and December you'll, Urban we'll be on Salt Lake before and, then yeah, and it's maybe I'll have you come on Punkinoy Worldwide and uh, oh, I would so I'm going to be doing that. some Christmas episodes or Dude, you know, Let's stuff do like cover that. cover showdown round two. Yes, I'll bring a racist Kramer Kramer cover for the show. Perfect. What do you guys want? To, we'll talk. We'll talk later. But. Fair enough. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> don't want to give it away. Pick the cover. Though. Don't want to give it away because one of the best traditions of punk rock, though, is the the seminal uh, punk rock cover that every band has to do. You know, right, get themselves off the ground. So. Absolutely, that's important. It, it it kind of projects, you know, something that you enjoyed yourself too. for sure. And so you, when you hear a band like, "Well, I really like what you are playing," what do you listen to? You know, what what influences you? What what are bands that you like? What are things that maybe I should check out? But you're right with that cover; it yeah. already kind of puts that out there without having to ask the question. And also, kind of like, there's some songs where it's like, "Oh, they fixed this song for me." <laughs> right. I fucking hated the original one, but. There has been those, yes. There's, there's been a handful I hear like, all right, that's better. What I don't like, and this is not punk rock, but it's when you take somebody that sings, you know, whatever that style is, that uh, is super slow music. It's like uh, a slow lady's voice where it's like acoustic and they, they're covering something that was like a hard, heavy song. And you're hearing it and you're hearing the lyrics. And you're oh, like, yeah. I know this. Uh, Why does this sound so terrible? Yeah, you're talking about like Netflix music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You're like, oh my god, this is a Rage Against, or this is like Nine Inch Nails, right? But it's like a, it's a 13 year old with an acoustic guitar, right? In a yeah. field. Exactly. It's, it's like supposed to sound haunting, but right. Those covers, I can't stand. Those they didn't fix anything. They shouldn't have tried. It's like cut my life into pieces. Yes. Oh man, she's going Papa Roach on us right now. This in the middle of this episode. Oh man, if you acousti- if you acoustify uh, Last Resort, uh, acoustify. I'm calling that band name. Go ahead, go ahead, acoustify. <laughs> but that Papa Roach song, that yeah, people are gonna be thinking, yeah, this sounds like a great '90s emo song. Oh, that yeah, I'm taking that idea too. So <laughs> there you taking go. all these ideas to the bank. That could be a that could be a great like a parody compilation. Taking all these hard hitting new metal songs with just the dreariest <laughs> and most depressing lyrics oh, and just man. just make an emo song out. Of it, <laughs> it's really funny. Just take all the Pantera songs and turn them into Iron and Wine. <laughs> take take Cemetery Gates and Weezer the fuck out of it. Oh man, <laughs> we see we we will right. derail this real fast if we don't. Right. Next up. Right. Sorry. Yeah. De- December. Um. The first. I think it's the first Friday or Saturday of. God, I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this. I should have written the date down, but Friendsmas is important. What other details of the show can you do? You know, or can you tell? Um, well, there's uh, there's fail to follow this year. It's it's since we weren't able to do it last year. Obviously, I think it's just kind of the classic return. Okay, uh, we're gonna try to keep everything real simple as far as like what songs to expect. Hopefully, it's almost the past few years we kind of turned it into a pissing contest as far as who <laughs> could like let's get the hardest drum song or I'm gonna find the hardest bass line on a Willem Scream record and make James learn this song like it, it turned into this sort of like 
songs that we knew we the other person would have trouble with almost it's what it <laughs> felt like i wasn't engaged in that at all but it felt like that like but this year we've we've been told not to measure our dicks on stage so fair enough i think <laughs> we might even play a couple originals because we've been so cooped up you know cooped up. <laughs> Pun uh, intended. But uh, as far as other details, it's it's basically like a, if you if personally it's like a high school reunion for people that I want to see, and you know sure. it's it's uh, friends that come out, and it's more of like um, you know we don't give a fuck if you talk during the whole thing because you haven't seen everybody, so it's a social right. you know. I'm, and I'm hoping to try to raise money as well. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. For the the uh, Utah. Domestic Violence Coalition, and uh, they've been our partner for the last couple of years because they we did it for different causes every year, but they showed up and actually supported and promoted and helped. Whereas in the last ten or twelve years of doing this, we've fucking hardly even gotten like a a thank you from some of the sponsors. So right, not to name them, but it's just sort of like, hey, remember that. Money we gave you? How about a little something for the effort, you know? Right. A little scratch on the back. <laughs> no? Yeah. When they do that, though, if they were to do that, that it helps, you know, turn out, right? It yeah, helps abs- more people turn out, which helps drive absolutely, more money. yeah. And you that's, know, like, that's the whole If there's point a cause, the whole... I want to support the cause. And if the cause says, hey, somebody's raising money, and then it's like, oh, it's a punk show? Cool. I want to go support that because I know it's going to go to the thing that I want to support. So you think... It would exactly it'd just be a good thing for them to do anyway. And I wasn't, you know, and I don't want to sound like a fucking ungrateful or that's not why we do charity in the first sure. place, you know. But just a little, the reason why we went back to to the Utah Coalition, the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition, is just because they were just so great and receptive of the idea. And that's awesome. We're so grateful. We know where the money goes and know, know that it helps, whereas we just had that bad feeling of like, who the fuck knows what this is? Where well, this money, how it's going to change been those people. things. Yeah. You know, like on Amazon, uh, when I've ordered from Amazon, you can send money. You know, part of your purchases go towards whatever charity you picked. And years ago... Oh, yeah, that's great. Wounded Warrior Project. You know, that's oh, where I yeah. sent the money. But then found out like a handful of years ago that Wounded Warrior Project, there were like people in charge of it taking money. Yeah. A lot of the money was going to the specific people running oh, it and man. not enough money were actually going to uh, what you thought. And so, yeah, boom, of, changed it of, for me. I've heard that about a lot of sh- those old Warped Tour. Uh, I'm not going to mention any specifics, right. but those, like a lot of people who were collecting money for certain things, right. traveling on tours like that. They Total scam. Right. Total bullshit. It sucks but when you he, find that out. I will say the the domestic, you know, not to get too deep into the shit with you guys, because this is a silly podcast, you know, <laughs> so far. But the domestic violence thing, also, if if we take the fucking skin back of racist Kramer right now and really expose what what the fucking true history is, like if you want to get gritty on it, we have a history of of being kind of plagued with like the the black mark on racist Kramer is. A history of an old bandmate who, you know, was was fucking violent with his girlfriend, and I, I hate to fucking it's it's not really something we often talk about, but right. it is something I want to say. This record drew a tremendous amount of inspiration from, without getting getting into too many details, but you know, he's out there wishing well, best of luck. In redemption is sort of the theme to. All the bad shit that you've done in your life, you can live in redemption of that. All the 
bullshit, all the people you've screwed over, the mistakes you've made, the drugs that turned your life into nonsense, you know, the failed relationships. You can be better in redemption. That's what the whole theme so you're doing a great is. job. That's like the third question that I haven't had to oh, ask. Oh, really? Yet. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> See, look, you're yeah. Perfect. <laughs> you're killing it. <laughs> perfect. Well, on the lines of shows then, do you have you played anything? Like in, in Utah, I think April I, th- I saw was like the first shows being played, but they were like outdoors at venues. And then gradually, like May and June, probably more in June, you actually have mm. like shows happening in venues. And now July like bands are starting to make their way out of state yep. into here and you know heavy more heavily in August, September shit by October. I was just looking through bands in town the other day like all right, which ones do I need to make sure that I get to? There's like two on the same night there and then here. You yeah. know? So there's a lot yeah. of shows coming through. Totally. How about you? Well, so I was able to go to a show last night, but as far as us being able to play, no, we've been totally locked out. I think we got one in uh we did want to Urban Lounge. I can't remember when it was, but my memory is terrible. <laughs> but it was one of those outdoor shows. Right, so it's and it was back in like April then. I think so. Because I remember seeing some, and I think I remember seeing that you guys were there. I don't think I went because I saw like, all right, it's outdoors. Like, cool, that's all right. It's spring. Oh no, whatever. this was this was we like last year. Okay. Once we went into the studio to do in Redemption, we've we've been gotcha. totally locked down. Gotcha. But I went to a show at Aces High last night, which was. Uh, it's you get. Did you guys ever go to Burt's Tiki Lounge back in the day? I have no. Is an old punk dive bar on State Street. Oh, I know. I'm familiar and, with yeah, it. Just haven't been, been there it's yet. Been totally shut down. Turned into something else now. Uh, but Aces High is where we're playing October 16th. Um, oh, good. And I just have a very sort of like good feeling about that place. It's a fucking absolutely killer sound system. He was just there playing. I played there twice. <laughs> yeah, I just have a feeling like if we do it right, the the community, if they show up for that place, uh, that could be a cool little punk dive bar, you know, or at least I know it's a total like metal, kind of like stoner metal scene is what it felt like. But I saw my buddy Lauren Walker Madsen there last night playing with a band called Whiskey Dick. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys heard Whiskey Dick. Oh, that yes. Was, that was like a fun little set they played. Awesome. Pretty cool. But yeah, I'm excited for the shows coming up. I know that... Uh, Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio was announced, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, November. That's fucking cool. I'd even be down to go see that Coheed show, too. That's yeah. a lot of good stuff coming up. A lot of great ones. I already have oh, yeah. the ones I have tickets for. I've got tickets for Rancid, Dropkick Murphys, and the Bronx. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's at Rio, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tinto. yeah I have that's, no idea what that's, that's going to be like. But yeah. yeah that, that, I'm excited to go check it out. Only general admission were on sale, which is confusing to me. Like, Not that I wanted something different, but couldn't choose anything it was only general admission yet it's a soccer stadium so oh you know what i bet the stage is on one side of the soccer field and it's just a field ah i bet probably. they have the tarps over the seats oh, okay well but that's, that's probably assumption. that would make make sense that's the only one that i purchased for there and then i bought wisdom and chains because i had my tickets to wisdom and chains mm, i got mine they were supposed to be here like the friday where we locked down from the pandemic here on monday that uh back in that march of 2020 and that Friday wisdom and change were supposed to be here and they got canceled during the week so you just been waiting yeah just been waiting for them to come back which is great and you know so much several other bands coming that I'm sure I'll go see I want to go see Flogging Molly and Violent Femmes will probably be good oh yeah that'll be cool I got the I got those tickets and I got the one upcoming with uh, Rise Against and Descendants yeah that's this month yeah I did not know about that is that outside (laughs) of the complex it's it's the complex I, yeah. It might be outside of the complex. I love the Descendants so much. 
Me that's, too. That's like a big d- division in our band. Like, my drummer doesn't like the Descendants. I think, this might be the, I can't remember. But that's, some, <laughs> some, I think Jared doesn't like the Descendants or some shit. He's an oh, idiot. Man. The Descendants but, are the OG. <laughs> OG. I actually really like their, their newest records. Uh, Caffeinate, Spazium. Hypercaffeum, Spazinate. Yeah, <laughs> too fucking stupid for that name. <laughs> Hypercaffeum, Spazinate. Well, that's what happens when you got Can Milo you spell it there. To He's please? a biochemist, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> Country of origin. Oh, Don't make me spell it. I'll pee my pants. And now they got their whole uh, Ninth and Walnut <laughs> compilation of never released songs. That oh, that's just a comp. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's kind of kind of a comp. It's like uh, the songs were never recorded, so they just got like the the OG lineup, like the 1978 lineup, back into the fold, and was like, really? okay, let's uh, let's produce these songs and uh, give them to the world. Oh shit! Holler at Bill Stevenson. Uh, oh yeah. He, he, they, so Blasting remastered our record for us. Oh, and, awesome. And, uh, the back and forth between our drummer and that guy was the fucking most entertaining. Just, it tickled me to my core because they ended up, like, being on the phone with each other because Bill Stevenson accidentally butt dials Jared, like, a couple times a week now. <laughs> I don't know how he has his phone that just, like, still has buttons somehow, you know, Bill out there. But he ended up talking to my drummer, who's... My my drummer may as well, like, have lived in a, a Hispanic household growing up. Like, he's very tight-knit with these this family, the Telemontes. And uh, so he's he can speak fluent Spanish and just loves Mexican food. And Bill Stevenson and Cheech are on the phone together talking about, like, Bill's favorite place to get uh, carnitas or something in... in uh, when, when he goes out to Motor Studios to produce no effects. You know, so he's, he's sitting there talking to his hero, just losing his mind. This is Jared on the phone <laughs> with the Descendants drummer talking about uh, mastering our record, and I'm just like, he, I'm listening to Jared tell me the story. Like, he just talked to Santa Claus. Like, <laughs> Relax. He's, he's real, dude. He's real. Relax. Oh, God. <laughs> so fucking funny. But, yeah, that that band's a huge influence, and especially that new record, because I just think it sounds so clean. I love the way music sounds nowadays. They may not have the... Hopefully the anger comes back, you know, because of the situations we find ourselves in and the political landscape of our communities and countries, but the fucking sound of shit, you know, the sound I was able to get mm-hmm. in my fucking basement for this record. It's great. Yeah, so right. there's no excuse now that the level, the playing field has been leveled. So if your band's worth any shit, you can just save some money, get some recording equipment. And if you're worth a damn, you'll be able to prove that just by working hard on it and coming right. back to it. Yeah. Yeah. The playing field has been leveled as far as, as That's far awesome. as what you can do now, which is cool. Because, you know, back in the day, you'd have to save thousands of dollars, go into a studio, be so well rehearsed, try to smash it all out at once. Right. And you know, you had to be fucking well rehearsed. And that's that's something I learned from Lagwagon. Joey Cape is, like, a big proponent of rehearsal. And mm-hmm. he always talks about Trashed and Duh being performed basically live when they recorded it. So... I guess they had their ups and downs, but it, can you imagine if they had been able to record that record with those same guys today in like a a, a real Pro Tool session when it sounds just fucking right in your face? I know yeah. a lot of people appreciate the lo-fi '90s skate punk. I appreciate the music, but the fucking sound recording yeah. is dog shit, and I refuse to listen to anybody tell me otherwise. The blast room, what they did to our record, and just the mastering and shit was so fucking awesome. I, I'm glad we live in an era where I can 
call Bill Stevenson and be like, can you <laughs> take this shit to 11, please? <laughs> Seriously. Jason Livermore, are you there? Yeah, so, awesome. yeah, that was, that was fucking cool. It turned out really well. Let's, let's talk more about the album then. So we've kind of talked about the show. You have one show coming up. And then, obviously, Friendsmas, so two shows. Friendsmas uh, is coming. Then, you know, that's a few months away. But the album just released, so let's talk about some of the tracks. Uh, we, we've kind of touched, you've touched a little bit on some of them thus far. Are there yeah. any, we haven't talked about Angrier Days. Tell us about that one. Angrier Days featuring Walt Hills from uh, Salt Lake City rock and roll band Tiger Fang. As far as the song, this is one that, uh, this one came out of Bassist Kramer's arsenal awesome i think it was one of those like i'm gonna try to write the raunchiest song for the record <laughs> and it it like I, I don't understand how we play it on the guitars and stuff i know i i know my hand does it while i'm sitting there yelling to the microphone i don't know what the hell he was thinking when he came up with the because it's just fucking so weird you know but we all kind of uh got this riff that he that he gave us and we smashed it out in our practice space I think that was the last record or the last song we wrote in our old space at Downtown Music before packing up and upgrading and moving on. Thematically, it's just sort of like a, it's sort of just a perspective of songwriting, I guess. You know, okay. it's sort of like a commentary on that. If I'm trying to think of, I'm so lost right now. Kind of what you were <laughs> just talking about about uh, you know Descendants and some other bands, maybe that looking back, maybe they will get you know their music. Might get back into angrier days. That that what you getting at? Yeah. So our well, so angrier days is like there. There's a lagwagon song called Angry Days. You know, that refers to just like their angry days. You know, back when they were younger and shit. Right. Yeah. And so it does kind of touch on the racist Kramer history of the immaturity back then. And we pay homage to like an old RK song and the lyric uh, still going nowhere. You know, just like being being content with like. Living in my fucking parents' basement and trying to do punk rock, and that's fine, you know, because I'm happier than most people. Who I have friends with mortgages that can't sleep at night, you know, right? Yeah, and families that are, they they're happy and everything, but like, some sometimes they're fucking really depressed and shit. And I don't have that in my life because of this passion I have for music, and so that's sort of just like a a driving factor. And then the commentary on this is just sort of like a nihilistic let go of music. And also just, it, it ties into how I uh, wrote Saw to the Circuit, where it's just sort of like a, a middle finger to anyone with any expectations on how you perceive someone else's art. And I'm open for criticism all day, and I can take cr criticism and critique and shit, but I just sort of have this, like, take it or leave it, you know, kind of a, a opinion of things, and or just sort of like it's out there and... Uh, it kind of speaks for itself on this track, you know, the whole yeah. the whole process of being in a band, and being a songwriter, I'm trying to like go through the lyrics in my brain right now to touch on th uh, any like direct themes. But well, tell us a little more about Radio Destructo since that's one we're playing. Yeah, uh, so Radio Destructo, last song we wrote for the record. I think we kind of touched on that. Yeah. Oh yeah, the theme though. Yeah. So yeah. the the whole arc of Radio Destructo is. Is just sort of like recognizing that our generation was kind of fucked over by karma because we just stole so much music as kids, you know? <laughs> we just fucking sat on Napster and just sucked that thing, you know, and the lyric, like, I songs in folders I didn't even listen to, you know? Like, mm -hmm. 
songs we never even played. Right. But I was just like a I was like the collector of of music back then. Just like <laughs> yeah. I need it more. I need all of it. The new Limp Biscuit, I don't give a fuck. Download it. Give it in give it to me. Yep. Just right. every single record we took and so it's kind of like, you know, you reap what you sow. Yep. You try to struggle in a band. And so it's like you shouldn't have downloaded all that shit, huh? Because now there's no music industry left for you. Yeah. Well, then the music industry went for broke, and we're like, uh, huh, this new streaming thing. Yeah, now we're streaming. Yep. Good luck, Spotify. Like, yeah. Good luck getting paid anything from streams, you know? Yeah, God. It, it's I'm fucking crazy. I've, I've seen, like, pretty big bands you'd expect to have pretty big checks get pennies from Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like, Whoa. We've wow. gotten that. I think I made a whole uh, 30 cents. Holy shit! Yeah. (laughs) 30 cents in the, I don't know, the six, seven years I've had something up on streaming. Holy shit. Made more money from Bandcamp. (laughs) Good God. Yeah. Bandcamp's the way to go, by the way. (laughs) Bandcamp's the way to go. Send us your money, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. <laughs> Actually, it's if if anyone's gonna get the record out there, get it on iTunes, because we get like fucking ninety cents on the dollar for that, or, or yeah, something like that. I think we get ninety cents per song mm-hmm. if they if they purchase it through the Empire, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think high res music, you know, you don't get that from Spotify. So. Yeah. Well, so, now yeah, we're on the some... topic of where to buy your stuff. What what can people buy? Where That's should right. they look? Racistkramer.com forward slash store mm. or just racistkramer.com. You can find your way, I'm sure. What do you? What's there? Is <laughs> this shirt somewhere in my racist Kramer shirt? Oh yeah, there I think might I be. I got this at Friends. The John driving around in John Void's car. Right. Um, that might be available. We might have a couple of those. We're basically selling out our inven- our existing inventory so we can re up. So there's a pre-sale going on right now for like a few more days. For the, oh, fuck, for the record know. and some other merch that goes along with the record, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you if you hit us up for purchases and you mention this podcast, we'll do the the pre-sale discount even if it ends. So if whenever cool. this whenever this uh, airs, you know, just if if anybody wants to. But we're doing like so vinyl processing plants got shut down through COVID. Right. So now we're getting just like this. This uh, ba- the backlash from that has been we're pretty far out for vinyl printing, but most, um, most people are. <laughs> but it's all it's all paid for. It's all on the way, and we're not doing like a pre-sale to try to reach an amount like some people do to uh, to get it funded. Like it's all it's all on the way. So whatever sales we can do, uh, that's coming. But it's probably not going to be till almost Christmas. I think. Wow, Christmas or maybe January. I'm yeah. hoping. I'm hoping Santa Claus. AKA Bill Stevenson shows up <laughs> with a giant bag of records for us. Cause yeah. I, I don't necessarily like to spin vinyl just because you, you have to fucking have a really nice vinyl record player to do it. And that's, I just don't have that. I would like to have that one day, but I love having them on my wall. I love right. you know, framing vinyl and putting them on my wall. I just bought yep. some new frames that the frame folds out so you can interchange them. Right. I haven't helped, got them up yet, but I just picked up a few of those. All right, man. Well, I'll have a vinyl there for you if you want one in there. Right? <laughs> it's a good-looking vinyl. I like the, you know, you kind of have the, the, the purple with the, the album cover, but then I've seen the, the purple record. It's a good-looking record. Oh, yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's definitely a good kind of cool theme. I love the colors of that dude. Uh, Samuel Lucas did our artwork. He's from Portugal. Did a good He's job. A bonkers good job. 
Yes. Blown away. Hell of a guy, too. Hell of a guy. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can get the merch. Are you going to have any of, you know, I can't remember what was in the pre-order package. I know it was the vinyl, and then there was a handful of other items that you can get in a bundle, right? Because you had, did you sell out of the bundles? I think there's a, there's different tiers of bundles. Okay. There was one with like a hat we're not going to print. That There's only like three of them. Okay. And those are like the super mega send our kids to college bundles. You know, okay. $130 <laughs> for there's t-shirt, the, vinyl, CD. Yeah. I'm looking at them right now. The Eric, super tell them limited. what we have. <laughs> yeah, super limited. It comes with a vinyl CD, the hat that apparently will not exist, the uh, the white T-shirt with the uh, racist Cra- racist Kramer logo, the RK, and then the hoodie. And then you have the uh, Mega Bundle, which is basically everything that I just said. Wow. Minus the hat. <laughs> wow, what a, what a value. <laughs> then you get the, uh, then there's the CD and the hoodie that you can get. Then you get the CD and the t-shirt. Then you can get a colored vinyl and a hoodie, or a colored vinyl and a shirt. Ooh. And then you get the CD, you can get the ah. record, you can get the shirt, a lot of shirts, and a tank top, and a hoodie. Shirt, yeah. All singly. So, there you go. You have it all right there on Racist Crane or... Uh, Racist Crane, whatever. Racist. <laughs> the racistkramer.com. And you have to do it, and you have to do the dot com because I tried looking it up on Google and there were all these uh, news articles talking about, uh, you know, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Kramer and his little breakdown on yeah. that comedy that club. Poor, that poor guy. No. Fuck that guy. Yeah, what a dumbass. Yeah, so make sure you put the dot com. Otherwise, you're not getting to where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, stop giving them attention. Kramer.com, all right? We were going to make it a dot org. <laughs> yes. What about dot edu? Can you do that? What was the difference between that? I was I was always told like dot com costs money. Dot org is a free website. And it's like no, no, I'm not paying for any of these websites. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. I'm just stealing music and of a fist. Dot <laughs> com is a. It's a commercial, and .org is organization. Thank you so much, you Eric. Yep, that's about as computer nerd as I can get. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we don't talk about it, uh, I want to know track two. Why is it called track two? Oh, because besides, uh, it's track two. Yeah. On that, the album comes after the intro. Thank ah! you. Thank but, you for. Thank you for getting into the racist Kramer canon right now. Because <laughs> on our first record, Dust, I'm going to hit you with this. Okay. On our first EP, the first effort we put out, the first song is track one. The first song? <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided to call track two, track two. Which if you weren't going to call it track two. It would probably be called In Redemption. Okay, fair Which enough. was thrown out there by Grayson, but like all of his ideas, they went right to the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Grayson. Grayson, sorry about all those, those notes. Those notes I got. <laughs> no, I'm just The joking. notes about musical notes? <laughs> he sent me notes, and I was like, the only notes I want from you are love notes, all right? I want love letters. <laughs> <laughs> the only notes I want are quarter notes, whole notes, half notes. <laughs> yeah, th- thirty-two triplets, please. <laughs> Divide that shit up. Oh God! On the next release, should we expect track three? Oh fuck that! No, I don't. No? I, 
I gotta no, because then you just yeah no. I gotta, no, fuck I gotta, that. No I, new release. I gotta stop sucking my own dick on these records. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the one other track that we're playing on this show is one you picked. One more day. It's the single. Tell us a little bit about that one. One more day is a very sincere kind of moment on the record. I mean, the record itself is very. There's no bullshit. There's no fucking. I mean, Radio Destructive has a kind of a humorous outlook. But it's still pretty pissed. It's still pretty angry and resentful. But it's strangely optimistic, you know? It's not like I'm depressing on this album or anything, but uh, One More Day is a depressing moment because it is a tribute song for my my older brother Travis's best friend growing up. He passed away a couple years ago, and he was, like, a very close friend to all of the band members. Like, we all grew up, so we're a tight-knit bunch. And, you know, that's why Friendsmas is always just such a huge reunion, because we all come from the same block of kids, you know? And then when when Andrew died, it was just sort of like this feeling of, like, there's no way... It, I mean, he more than anyone, he deserved a song. And there's always sort of this this theme in Race Kramer. We have this song called When that we just put out by itself, did a, did a music video and shit. And that was sort of like something I wrote when I thought I had kind of experienced a loss, you know, and thought I had experienced grief, but when Andrew died, it was like a completely real new thing that was like, like a brother, you know, cause right. he was in my house growing up and I was best friends with his little brother. And, and, uh, so I, I wrote it from the perspective of what I imagined my brother Travis wanted to be able to express. And myself, like the last time I saw Andrew, uh, I was, I was like in Phoenix, we were partying in a hotel room and the fun we had and the night we had like seemed like an appropriate sort of last night to, to see him, which like was just, it was so hard to tap into. Cause if you imagine like anyone that you guys have lost, if you could have one more day with them, like what, what would you even be able to do in one day? Like, right. you mm-hmm. know, so it's like, I started thinking about that. I didn't want to get too like direct on lyrically, you know, how deep and how serious shit got i like i like to put these songs out so that people can kind of bring in their them. own yeah, story exactly yeah, yeah and kind of reflect on them themselves and decide for themselves what their perspective brings to light when they hear it yeah and that's my favorite thing about music is because just because a songwriter wrote something that meant so what sh- something that was so shitty to him ended up being such a great influence on me right so kind of keeping him and ambiguous but this is the first time in my life i've ever written a song where i've actually put someone's name in the record but it was just sort of like i want everyone in his family to fucking know that this is his this isn't like some bullshit wish like this is like what would you do with one more day if i could give you one more day the first lyric is like i'm sorry this fucking took me so long to write but i had no idea where to begin you know i had i had no idea how to even start to pay tribute to somebody that deserves such a good song but what like what how do you even begin with that and like i i don't know if i was able to really do that with this song but it's my best attempt at it and i don't Mm -hmm. think at least not for a long time i don't think i'm gonna be writing any more songs about people who die because it's just it's it's just too it's too personal almost you know, right. and it's almost like oh, you don't yeah. do enough, and it, it's almost like God. I don't want this to turn it about. I don't want it to be about me or try to like play off of anything that happened. As if it's like 
fuel for my art. You know, that's kind of selfish. Oh, yeah. But like we were talking about earlier, adversity kind of sparks creativity. And loss, especially, is like a profoundly deep well of artistic fuel, I guess. And Yeah. So I'm glad it's out there. I love the song. I think the fucking bridge is probably one of the coolest things we've ever come up with. Just the way it kind of like, you know, it's just like a, and honest to Christ, Grayson Roylands rips the fucking heads off. He might be the best fucking guitar player in town. He, (laughs) he rips this solo to the moon and it's just, it's such a perfect RK song really, you know, that's. This record, more than anything, just kind of shows the, like, and not not to suck my own dick or toot to my own horn, but it's like 15 years as a band, so. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. We, Congratulations, we fucking, 15 thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a soundboard, bro. Right. I need a soundboard. Uh, right. <laughs> the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> we'll, we'll work oh, on that, man. though. we got to look for, for some improvements for the, the basement. No, here. next time yeah. I'm bringing a soundboard. With Fair enough. Let's reactions. plug right in. I like it. We're going to do that. Good. i got to point out something uh, pretty meta on the One More Day song. Yeah, Descendants also have the song One More Day, which also is dealing with something very similar. It's Bill Stevenson. Again, Santa Claus coming back into the fold. Santa? Yeah. Writing about what if he had one more day with his dad who he had a very strained w- relationship with, you know, what would they end up doing? Because he basically was, uh, you know, bedpanning him in his dying days, just like watching him yeah. die every single day. Yeah. So funny story about this. Okay. And I'm, I'm actually kind of embarrassed to admit this. Okay. But... Ooh. All, the record All, was like the only Descendants record I'd really listened to until uh, Hyperspasm, Caffeinate. And then after we had written this song, I was it's on Everything Sucks, right? No, it's on Cool To Be You. Oh, Cool To Be You. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was listening through Cool To Be You and saw that song title and I was like, oh shit, well, there's, <laughs> there's one more day. And then I was like, no, you, you're going to step on them. There's so many, I mean, musically... You, you run into people's chords all the time, but... Oh, yeah. Those roads crossed, you know? So I was like... But I was just interesting, because I saw that after this. I was like, oh, we have a song called One More Day, too. Interesting. <laughs> but, I mean, we took angry days from Lagwagon. We were, like, angrier days. Yeah. Kind of like a tip to the cap to my uncle, <laughs> uncle Joey, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, that's a that's a killer. Going, going through the Descendants discography was, like, a f- good time for me. Oh, so yeah. I was like, oh, shit. But I was also like, damn, I've been sleeping on the Descendants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but better late than never, man. I know, right? I, I There's a lot of bands like that where I was sleeping on them, and I was like, oh, this uh, is actually pretty goddamn good. And they are. I love them so much. I actually have Milo tattooed on my shin. Oh, wow. Yeah, big Milo right there, and he's holding up. It looks like the cover of Everything Sucks. But he, instead of holding up the newspaper, he's holding up tablets that have all the ologistics written on them. Oh, my God. Ologistics. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking great, dude. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know what? And below it, it says, we shall oh. achieve all. <laughs> my phone uh, my phone text message ring for like five years was, oh! <laughs> and then the voicemails were like, all? No. Oh! <laughs> oh, man. Here, in my van. Oh my god, that that was so great. But that was the only that was my only like other than the singles they put out, but 
I was just like, yeah, I'm going to get, after that hyperspasm caffeinate came out, I was like, I'm going to get deep into the, the 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 depths of the descendants discography. That's a lot of yeah. Descend depths. <laughs> depths of descendancies. <laughs> the depth of descendants discographies. Jesus. That, that would be a good metal band name. The depths yeah. of the descendants discography. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recently had my Descendants fandom come out because uh, my great cover-to-cover album pick a couple weeks ago was Milo Goes to College. Oh, that's a great record, too. So that's one of that's one of the records that my brother brought into the house that I was trying to steal all the time. <laughs> Since there was a brother in between us, I just blamed all the theft on that brother. So <laughs> I don't know where those CDs went. <laughs> yeah, the little siblings you always get the shit end of the stick. Oh, I'm flat in the middle, so it's like I was able to hide yep. from everything. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm punk rockers because nobody was checking on me. I was downstairs learning power chords. Yep, <laughs> nobody knew that I hadn't done homework in like seven months. Who that was? I was blasting Green Day songs, and Alkaline Trio riffs in my. My basement not doing homework. That's for fuck sure. Yeah. And if they had taken my guitar away, I would have just probably would have offed myself, boys, if we want to get real gritty. Well, <laughs> they did that. Another real gritty moment on this show. Like, we're going to get deep. I would have killed myself if it weren't for the guitar. <laughs> Put that in your podcast and smoke it. <laughs> My dad did something similar. He was, when I was learning all the bass stuff in my basement, he was like, you know, when are you going to learn some jazz bass? I go, I don't know, when I'm 50 and burnt out on punk music? <laughs> yeah, probably, probably in my 30s when I realized, oh, I'd be a great musician if I appreciated jazz. <laughs> I grew up and I'm like, yeah, I actually do appreciate jazz. Not <laughs> enough to try and learn that fucker, but eh, whatever. <laughs> my, I was, I tried to class up my uh, place of employment, so I put on Charlie Parker the other day on the stereo, and and the next day my boss is just like walking around singing "Salty Nuts." He's like, "You never heard that song?" I was like, "Salty Nuts? What are you saying? Salt peanuts is what the song is. Like, it's not salty nuts. It's salt peanuts. It's like salty nuts. Da, 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 salty nuts. <laughs> salt <Okay>. peanuts. <laughs> he just Isaac Hayes that. Yeah. <laughs> salty nuts. Oh God. Oh, but that needs to be the B side to uh. Yeah. Suck my balls. Suck my chocolate <laughs> salty balls. Suck my balls. <laughs> oh my god. You guys should have been in that show last night. It was fucking whiskey dick. It was that band is like hilarious and also can shred. And he's like playing solos on an acoustic guitar. But it sounds wow. like he's it's fucking she ripped so hard. It was you got a, you got something stuck on your lip there, bud. Yeah, that, that hair there. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I knew yeah, I, I'm derailing this podcast, bro. I'm derailing this podcast. I had a hair between my teeth at work. I didn't have tweezers, didn't have floss, so I had to use my needle nose pliers. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. man, all right. There Someone goes. walks in on you. You're like, I'm not performing dentistry on myself. Okay? Oh no, I, I didn't walk in on it. Nobody walked in on me. They walked by me. I did it in the middle of the shop floor. <laughs> 
when I close my eyes, you kind of sound like Seth Rogen, dude. Oh, there, there it is again. <laughs> I lost count of how many times. How many times? <laughs> see, I derailed it again. Where are, where are we in this podcast? Right I don't now? know. I can't even see the track anymore. <laughs> oh, God. That must Just have talking the... about one more day. Yeah. Talking about right. one more day. So to, to wrap up the album, because I, I want to point out, In Redemption has 14 tracks. You guys, you did great. I, I've talked about the, the album artwork's awesome. The vinyl's gonna, it looks great. It goes well together. You guys did great. And it, even though you had a variety of sounds, like we talked about, you know, Angry Days, a little bit heavier, faster, angrier. Uh, angrier? <laughs> I didn't think you'd get any angrier. I really uh, don't think it's that angry, though. It's not that pissed. Like, it's... It just com- in comparison to the rest of the tracks, you know, you can tell it's it's not the same thing. You guys didn't take a track and just, you know, I got 14 of them. Here we go. You, you know, you had a variety of sound, but all sounds like it came from the same band. I think you did an awesome job. Thank you. You're welcome. That's, that's what uh, was kind of on the checklist of, like, cohesiveness was was a verb that we were trying to achieve, you know. Well, I think and, uh, you did it because you didn't make something that, again, sounded all the same. But sure. at the same time, it wasn't, am I, you know, pulling out, you know, because I was listening to it on Spotify uh, the other day, and I didn't Ooh. have to look to see if it, it <laughs> was. Uh, <laughs> I was mowing the lawn, man. Come on, man. Give me a break. It's, it's $14 a month, man. It's fine, man. <laughs> I didn't have to check to see, did it already, like, switch over to yeah. similar artists or something. So I could tell Thank it was the same you. stuff, but it was... It was just, it's like, oh, this one's a little bit different. Oh, this one has horns in it. Oh, this one, you know, yeah, really cool. Dude, it's so great when I plant these little seeds on the trail and people come by and they're like, oh, somebody fucking planted that flower right there. Like, we, and I shouldn't say I, we all did it collectively. Like, I, there's no fucking way I could have done this record by myself. <laughs> no goddamn way. And the inspiration I'm able to drive from my bandmates lyrically and as a songwriter like, I just know what they want to hear and know what they like, and that's kind of what I try to grab out. And then keeping everything in their own area is vital to me. I don't, with the exception of, like, Prelude going into um, track two, I like, to, I like to know that I'm listening to another song. And as a songwriter, I'm always making sure that, like, we don't try to write the same song over again. Mm. We can write that song's cousin, you know, or maybe, like, you know, maybe a couple songs of ours are brother and sister songs, same key, you know, but we keep the progression different. We do the melodies completely fucking different, and you come to realize that after 15 years that it's like, and also we don't have a tremendously huge discography for how old we are. And we have this new record and then a couple EPs and a few oddball songs that never got recorded. But other than that, it's been very, like, let's not try to just write bullshit. Let's refine things. Let's kind of be thoughtful about it. But then at the same time, make it very cohesive. And then sequencing is what you're referring to as far as how the tracks play on the record. That was something that, as as a producer, I wanted to make sure these tracks were in the way they were supposed to be tracked. At least the way they're supposed to play in your ear. And no one's noticed this yet, but I'm hoping someone does. The B-side is almost a medley. So oh. the last, let's see, with with the last track, the song about dogs, Tontine, Prisoner Rockets, Let's Stay Together, and Anchors, they're all in the same, they all start and end 
in one another's respective chords and keys. Okay. So, and there's key changes that go to the next song, but it plays like the end of Abbey Road. Like, you can just play it, and if you notice, there are pauses and there's silence to separate the tracks, but it sonically picks up right where the, the last song left That's off. Awesome. Even yeah. the Even the last track. Just which, bleeds into the next one. Yeah, and we did yeah. 10 seconds of silence after Tontine to pay homage to like the the old school tradition of having a secret track on a record. Right. I didn't want to do a secret track because if every, if anyone really liked Tontine and because we live in the age of playlists, I didn't want to necessarily have them put Tontine on a playlist and then have to hit listen or hit next on uh, Good Boys Are Forever, which is... Definitely like the that's just like a weird song, but I was like I wanna, I wanna do a trucker ballad to J- Jared, my drummer, um, had a sixteen year old pit bull named Forrest Gump, and he was with us the whole age of the band, you know, and would go on tour with us and shit. Like we're, he we, he was fifteen or sixteen at the time when he came down to Torrey, Utah, when we played a show down there for Al Dine from KRCL. Okay. He invited us down there to play this show, and we were able to bring Forrest, and that was, like, the summer before Forrest had to be put down, but that song is also, like, fucking very important that we did that, and that's... I was like, let's do a trucker ballad, you know? Like, I did pedal steel and shit, like, I'm doing old-school trucker ballad, but, like, in a new sort of racist Kramer way, but... Cool. The band was like, are you fucking serious about pedal steel? And I'm like, trust me, guys, this is gonna be good. And Jared's Jared's lady uh, <laughs> Megan sings on it, and it was it was just cool to kind of do something. And in, in the end, I was like, I I really want to do something for the dogs, and it's just something different, you know. It blasts my ears off to listen to this record and to mix it and to have to track it. Just hit me over and over and over. I had so much listeners fatigue. I had a panic attack in like the fucking tenth hour, you know, like. Closer to the end, the last few months, t- tremendous panic attack, thinking that I was going to move all my equipment to a different location. Because I was, like, in a house sit, and so I was going to mix the whole thing over at my brother's house, and right when we got to move all my stuff, and I have, like, 80-pound stone speakers that I mix through. Wow. They're made out of countertop speakers. They're fucking so heavy. So I'm sitting there, like, taking inventory of everything, and I'm like, I, I cannot do this. I am... And I... Full on had a panic attack, thinking to myself, "How am I gonna house it and come back here and mix this? And it's gotta be done. It's gotta be set off to mastering." And my drummer came over and he's like, "You need to chill the fuck out. You don't have to take this. You just have to drive up here every day and mix it." I was like, "Oh, okay." Then the almost instantly, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, fine. Thank God." It's like when you're having a bad trip and someone's like, "You don't have to stay in this room, bro." <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God, and I'm staying in this room. <laughs> <laughs> You can sit under the table and look straight up if you want, man. It's totally fine. Having a bad trip. That's cool. I I appreciate all the insight into the album. Like you said, I got to skim through it a little bit, and then I got to hear it all the way through. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'm excited to get to go check it out again. I'm excited to start listening to this podcast again because I thought you guys were fucking done after Chris left. (laughs) Oh, you got about two years worth of episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to come back on for the. Uh, cover song, yes. cover shootout round two. Let's do it. That's yes. it's a plan. That is gonna be fucking awesome. Yes, it is. Yeah. You guys should come to uh, Aces High October sixteenth. Absolutely. No Check rock. us out. That show is gonna be great. I don't have the bill fi- figured out yet, but I'm hoping Dre's method can be available. 
Oh, cool. Do you know who those guys are? They are fucking rad. I know the name. I don't think I've seen them before, but I know the name, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. The Ogden, Utah. Okay. God, they are fucking rippers. They're, That's awesome. They're uh, old school, too. Been around for quite a, quite some time, but we played with them at Urban Lounge last year when Urban, you know, it was like, you have a 90-person capacity, so this is sort of like mm-hmm. friends gotcha. that showed up and shit, but hopefully we get the whole fam out to this show October right. 16th, because it's our... We're gonna. I. I'm hoping we can just play this whole record front to back. You know. And That'd be cool. No stops. No bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then bullshit a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't have a show the bullshit without... in between the hidden track. Dude, that's okay. That's what Angrier Days is about. It's about the bullshit in between the songs, bro. <laughs> yeah. but the, it's like the bullshit in between the songs somehow made its way into the song somehow. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I almost went Dr. Seuss on that track, too. It was like, we lost a fortune on rehab, divorces, golf courses, and crashes. And I was, at one point I was tracking, and Walt, Walt from Tiger Fang was obviously with me when he was tracking. He was just like, dude, I like, I like the flow of this. I was like, dude, I tried to go punk rock Dr. Seuss in this part. So Angry Days is very much kind of, the lyric in there is break the fourth wall. So that's exactly what that that song tries to do is break the fourth wall of, <laughs> nice. of songwriting itself and address the the band and the shittiness. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great to be here, you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Are we wrapping this up right now? Because yeah. I could go. Oh, Let's wrap okay. this up. How long uh, did we do? It was like three and a half hours, right? Uh, you, pretty close. Like pretty close. Yes. That's how <laughs> podcasting works. You're yes. just like, oh yeah. shit. Yes, we're about three and a half hours in. It's time traveling. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were speaking so much that we actually sped up the space-time continuum. Oh, my God. Call Doc Brand. I wish I had some fucking uh, Back to the Future sound bites right now that I could play. <laughs> Marty, it's your kids. It's your kids, Marty. <laughs> but we're only going to pick, like, five songs total for the covers because the rest is going to be oh, in the soundboard. Plug in and you know everything. Yeah, goes that's on. heavy, Doc. Right. <laughs> that's that yeah, word again. I'm gonna fucking derail this podcast <laughs> if I come on again. I know my bandmates are gonna be so. I want to just apologize to my band right now for any fucking any uh, missed notes tonight. Any any wrong dates or like fucking mispronunciations or sorry, Grace and I. I didn't throw all your notes away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sakes! I'm gonna get in trouble for this. Bye bye, Kramer. We'll get on to playing some more music. I our appreciate ca- you joining. Our career is over. Our career is over because of this. Yeah, yeah thank, I think you'll have uh, thank another you boys 15 so more much. if you want them. It's been so great. You guys are fucking awesome. So I can't wait to start getting back into the podcast. You guys always play great tunes. We appreciate it. Yeah, you guys should be just. The new fucking Joe Rogan's already, or what? What is the? Is there like a you know like? We don't have the outreach. X ninety six, scoop you guys up, (laughs) right? (laughs) Oh no, we don't get the uh, we don't get the views because we didn't bring on Alex Jones. (laughs) Oh, I could come on as Alex Jones. All right, we'll do that. This whole thing, no. Watch the whole thing. They're lying about you. This whole fucking thing is lying. It's been conspiracy. Drink blood. Drink blood of the children. <laughs> That's the first time I saw Joe Rogan speechless. Was Alex go. Jones? He's just going so, for it. You're freaking me out, man. <laughs> well, I tried, Joe. Could you just pretend to not know anything? <laughs> punk rock. I don't fucking listen to punk rock. I just listen to the, my own heartbeat. I can hear it in my ears all the time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Ladies Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, 
<laughs> Eric and Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. All right, thank, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Rock on, boys. It's been awesome having you. <laughs> Racist Kramer, thanks again to CJ for joining us on the show. Uh, happy to play his band, and uh, shout out to all the other guys in the band. Grayson, I know that he was giving you shit. I think you're an amazing guitar player. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <And> well, <laughs> we have that remains to be seen. I mean, uh, it sounds amazing, but I gotta see it. <laughs> Well, be on the lookout if you're in Salt Lake, uh, October 16th, for their show they'll be doing here at Aces High. And then as it gets closer to late November, early December, we'll be definitely putting out more details. If you're going to be in the area of Salt Lake to do Friendsmas with us here, that was awesome. Racist Kramer, go check out the new album, In Redemption. Eric, let's wrap the show up. It was a long one. That was long, but fun. 
yeah. off the rails, <laughs> as it was said numerous times, interview. Uh, we are still here. Let's wrap up the show as we do. And we looks like we're both doing some metal picks today. Mine's more new metal hardcore, but it has metal in it. So go ahead. You go first. <laughs> well, I'm playing probably the best known metal band. Well, they are definitely within the top three most well-known metal bands. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. We we know we know the top three. We have Metallica. We also have Judas Priest, but then there is also Iron Maiden. Right. Oh, yes, Iron Maiden. And just to be clear, I fucking love Iron Maiden. (laughs) I really do. I have not been, well, I have been a bit disappointed sometimes. But the majority of their catalog, like, I mean, I can sum it up in just one sentence. They wrote the number of the beast. (laughs) <laughs> Need I say anything more? <laughs> they are yeah, six, they, six, six. The number of the beast. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing any of the classics. I'm not playing anything that's old. In fact, I am playing something that is the newest of Iron Maiden's catalog. If you are a metalhead, you have been paying attention to what some of these bands are doing, and Iron Maiden has a new album on the horizon. It is going to be called Senjutsu. And, yeah, this is kind of a weird thing, because you see Eddie on the front. He is dressed up sort of like an old-school, kind of an old-school Mm samurai-looking person. He's got the, you know, he's got the uh, katana. He's got the... Uh, you know, the rice hat, pretty much. <laughs> and he's got, he's just looking as uh, brutal and as aggravating as ever. So, yeah, Iron Maiden still got the grit. But the song that they released, the single, The Writing on the Wall, it sounds Western as fuck. <laughs> I mean this in the in the best way. They can hone their craft with, uh, with any style that they uh, choose to base it upon. But this one was just a... Just right out of left field, it sounds like a it sounds like Iron Maiden playing cowboy music a little bit. <laughs> like that's the that's the best way I could describe it. It's like okay, you went a little bit uh further east. If we're talking in the uh, if we're talking in the perspective of people over in Japan looking east to to them, the United States is east, right? Whereas us, yeah, Japan. Is west. Yep. <laughs> I know directions are fucking weird on this uh, on this uh, celestial this celestial being we call a planet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, I don't know where the fuck that was going. That's going into final frontier territory. Heyo. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really listen to that album too much, but uh, but yeah. Writing on the Wall, the newest from Iron Maiden. They are still going strong. They are still keeping it real. And, yeah, the results speak for themselves. I mean, the in metal, Eddie the Head is basically the Misfits Crimson Skull. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows exactly what it is. Everyone knows who Eddie is. Everyone knows who Iron Maiden is. So... Let's see where they are going. This is The Writing on the Wall, the newest song from the upcoming album, which is released September 3rd, Senjutsu. <laughs> 